0: This audio is brought to you by Muslimcentral.com. Brothers and sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa I'm here sitting in the Masjid Preston Mosque after a long time and it gives me great pleasure and honor to come back into the Masjid to address you on a very important topic. There is a word that a lot of us neglect or probably misunderstood most of the time. It is a form of worship that people haven't practiced very well in their lives. In the time of this pandemic still in the air, with the lockdown still in place, uh, our Ramadan has passed straight through with many restrictions. But as Allah says in the Qur'an, You may hate something when it's good for you. Brothers and sisters, I want to talk to you today about patience. And I know that this topic uh, is like a, a cliché, if you like. A lot of people, when they say patience, they have a stereotypical understanding of the word patience. They don't know what really patience is. So I want to talk a little bit about what it really is. And honestly, without it, there can be no happiness. Without it, a person can't call themselves a true believer, a mu'min. So let us dwell into it. First of all, our great, one of the great Imams Ali, Imam Ali anhu, the fourth Khalifa, said that Al-Iman wa min al-jasad Faith and patience is like the head and the body. Whoever does not have patience has no Iman, just like whoever doesn't have a head, his body can't survive. So what is patience? Brothers and sisters, a lot of, there's a great Iman by the name of Sufyan Thawri, great scholar who said, in our belief, in our belief, a person doesn't really have proper religion, until they start to know and believe that hardships are a blessing. Until they start to know and believe that our hardships are actually a blessing and that comfort is the real test of patience. I repeat, belief is not really there until a believer knows and understands that hardships are a blessing and comfort is the test which requires patience. The other way around. When we talk about patience, the first thing that comes to our mind are hardships and calamities. The qada and qadar of Allah. Things before us that are out of our control. And then we say, wow, this is where patience really has to happen. I want to tell you that that is the last and easiest patience to endure actually. Because when you have a death in your family, or you lose your business, or you have bad health, or something terrible goes along, you lose your job, or things are not going your way, you have no other choice but to turn to Allah. Even an atheist, an atheist, Allah describes them saying that people who don't believe in God or people who make partners with God, people make up their own desires as their God, they're the atheists, right? If they're stuck in the middle of the ocean, this is in the Qur'an, and everything is cut off from their saving, from saving them, they don't know anywhere else to go. They're alone in the middle of the ocean in darkness, and the waves are hitting them as high as mountains. Even they call upon the Creator of the universe. They turn to God sincerely or at least they get a feeling inside of them that they need to call upon someone who is more majestic, someone beyond us who is Allah. It's just another name for Allah. And then when they're safe again, they return back to their associating partners with God in some way or another. Brothers and sisters, you have no other place to turn to at the time of hardship except Allah. And you have no other option except patience anyway. And even then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives glad tidings and great news for those who are in that situation, they are patient. The ones who are patient at the time of Qadr. Destiny that happens to them beyond their control. In fact, Allah says in the Quran: "Wala nablu an nukum bi shayim min al kuf wal joo' min al amwal wal anfus wal thamarat wabashir al saabirin aladzina and we will try you and test you every now and then from time to time we will change your state suddenly from a situation to another situation without you realizing with a lot of things and then Allah gives examples with a little bit of fear sometimes you're gonna change from a state of security and safety to suddenly a state of fear and danger at times. Sometimes you'll change from a state of being satisfied with lots of food and provision to a state of a little bit of hunger at times. Sometimes you will stay in change from a state of having so much wealth and money coming in your business is going great for you. It's coming in and you're not worrying about money or livelihood and then suddenly you get into a state so quickly where money becomes your biggest problem, livelihood becomes your biggest problem. Allah says only a little bit and temporarily for a short time. وَالْأَنفُسِ And sometimes Allah is going to change you from a sudden state where you've got the security of life, you're living, you've got your family, you've got your loved ones, you've got your friends around you, you've got your children and your parents and your siblings, they're living. And the last thing on your mind is death. In fact, some of us we think that we're going to live forever and we forget. In fact, some of us turn away from talking about death. Some of us turn away from talking about that as because it's sort of negative. Except for a believer, Allah says sometimes lives are taken away suddenly. And then you're forced to rethink and reflect upon life. Why am I here and where am I going? Do we belong to Allah really? Do I really believe in that? And to Him we shall return. Do I really believe in that? So Allah returns us through them. And Allah says with thamarat, you know, if you're a farmer, for example, you'll understand the meaning of crops and vegetation. Imagine the currency of our money suddenly went, you know, there came that it passed now through this pandemic where people started to think, do you think that cash will go, money will go, currency will go. And in fact, in many parts of the world, the currency has no value. Like right now in Lebanon, they are struggling big time and in other places in the Middle East where the currency has gone down so much that people are struggling to even survive. If you're a farmer, you're able to plant your crops and survive on your own crops. So Allah says, and we will test you sometimes by flipping you from a state where you had provision of crops and growth to a time when there could be a drought, there could be currency loss, there could be any of that. Allah says, give good tidings to those who are patient. What does this mean to the ones who are patient in these times? It means the, the ones who hold themselves together. You hold yourself together. In the time of Qadr, I'm still in the first stage. I'm, I'm still talking about the easy part, brothers and sisters. I'm still talking about the part where you have no other choice but to be patient. This is the stuff whether you're a believer or not, you got no other choice but to turn to Allah, but to be patient. What else are you going to do? But Allah wants us to hold ourselves together in that time. To not become immoral, for example. Start doing indecent things. Start doing immoral things. Start complaining. But when I mean by complaining, there's a complaining that's allowed and a complaining that's not allowed. Complaining, questioning God, why did He do that to you? Why me? Why not someone else? What did I ever do? Some people do that. And some people get to a state well, of Kufr. Allah says in the Qur'an, wa And among people there are those who worship Allah as if they are standing on the edge of a cliff. On the edge of a cliff. Imagine that, someone standing on the edge of a cliff and there are winds blowing lightly and then suddenly a heavy wind blows. What happens to the person standing on the edge of a cliff? Allah says, When good happens to them, they stay where they are. They don't, they don't move from the cliff, they stay where they are. Meaning they think, Oh, Allah must love me. I'm in a good place. I'll stay on the edge, just barely on the edge of my religion. I'll do the absolute minimum of minimum. Even some people, that don't even do the minimum. They think that if I don't pray, at least I'm giving some bit of charity here and there. You know, the other day they might say, I heard this brother say, the other day, Wallah, I smiled to this little kid and the kid smiled to me. Wallah, I feel closer to Allah now. Yes, you'll feel closer, but this person doesn't pray. This person probably doesn't even fast. And they think that by this little tiny act, they deserve paradise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us some people they worship on the edge. You find them backbiting, gossiping, uh, harming people, hurting people, stealing from people, cheating on people, showing off their good deeds, putting burdens on other people on the edge. And they try to justify their wrong acts when deep inside they know they're doing the wrong thing. They're on the edge, just barely. If they're okay, they're okay they can get to the mosque, they pray a few prayers, but they don't monitor their character outside because they're on on the edge. But then Allah says, then a little trial happens to them, and what happens? They fall. (laughs) But when a trial comes to them that's meant to purify them, that's meant to bring out the good in them and sift through and let them realize their good qualities from their bad qualities. See, fitna is like a sifting. It's when you bring material from the earth and you want the pure gold out of it or the pure gems out of it, you go through a very stringent form of heating and fire so they can bring out the pure gold, the pure gems and you get rid of the ugly material. So Allah does that to our hearts from time to time. So Allah says, and when a fitna, when this process happens to, to them, those who are worshipping on the edge, they fall flat on their face like a heavy wind on the edge of a cliff, they fall. <laughs> they lose not only their hereafter but they also lose the happiness and the success and the qualities of this world too. Some people they think that if you want to be a believer that means you've got to give up on the world and the luxuries of the world and the happiness of the world and the enjoyment of the world. You know, you're not allowed to have a nice car, you're not allowed to have nice clothing, not allowed to have nice luxury or a nice house. This is not true. Allah tells us in this Qur'an evidently that when a little bit of you know, struggle happens to them, a little bit of hardship they are tested with, what happens to them? They not only lose their hereafter, but they also lose their happiness in this world. And this is where, you know, people start to not know anymore how they can be happy in life. They can't find it. And so they go after more materialism, thinking that the outside world will make us happy. Brothers and sisters, you know, when somebody passes away, they leave behind them things. What do they leave behind them? Things. I call them things. But they left behind them a car. It's a thing. Their house. It's a thing. Could be a palace. Let it be a massive palaces. They're just things they left behind because they mean nothing to the dead person anymore. They leave behind them their little bit of wallet, maybe a wallet, a little bit of money in it. Their keys. You know, they leave behind them a bit of clothes. Things. You know what, brothers and sisters? What are these things valued anymore as? They're valued as nothing. To the dead person, they're nothing. To you imagine your family member passes away and you see their things their belongings what happiness are they going to bring you just memories but in actual fact they're just things the real person is gone and it really goes to show brothers and sisters that if you go after materialism for your happiness you're never going to find the happiness because when they were gathering it in their life and putting so much trust in it, even though there's nothing wrong with having a bit of luxury from life, but these are people who put their trust fully in the materialism. It never served them when they died, and the only thing they take with them is their character and their deeds which they put forth. So all that which we gather did not benefit us when we go, and it certainly doesn't benefit the people who are left behind, except a little bit and so on. So my brothers and sisters, our happiness is within and you make that decision with your closeness to Allah And I want to say that, teach our children that this life, it is not the life of reward. This life is not the life of reward. Like for example, sometimes we say to our children, we tell our children that If you pray, Allah is going to give you this and that. If you give charity, Some of us tell our children, if you go and put that $10 in the box, Allah is going to give you 10, 10 times more, like $100 more or something like that. Some of us, we teach our children the wrong idea of reward. We say, if you give, Allah is going to give you back, which is true, but we make it materialistic, we confine it to the world. That's wrong. We shouldn't teach our children that if you give in this world, Allah will give you back in this world. So materialistic reward. Even though Allah may give that person reward because what you give Allah is not going to leave you. He's not going to bring you hardship. You know when you've given goodness, He's not going to make you suffer. But what Allah gives you is a different type of reward than what we expected. The reward of Allah is inside. It is a type of strength that when adversities happen to us, when tragedies happen to us, He gives you a strength. He gives you an ability to still see the happiness through it, to still see success through it, to still see the relief through it, to still see that there is still a purpose, there is a value beyond it. And this is exactly what the Prophet ﷺ said, عَجَبًا al mu'min." Strange. He says, I can't understand the state of a true believer. It's so deep. Even the Prophet ﷺ says, so deep is the, is the state of a believer. When something good happens to them, you find them grateful and thankful, not boastful and arrogant, and they forget that Allah is their sustenance, He's the sustainer. But you find them grateful and thankful. They use it for good and they don't become arrogant. And when bad happens to them, they are patient, they hold themselves together. And then He said, But you see, that does not happen except for a believer. And then Allah says in the Quran, those who receive that type of deep reward this happiness inside that whether you are in comfort or in hardship it is only for those those who know what patience really means so brothers and sisters I've so far spoken about the easy patience the ones that you got no other choice but to turn to Allah and be patient but did you know that the real hard patience the real struggle is in the times of comfort is in the times of comfort when you have everything when everything's going good for you or so you perceive that you know to Allah there is no good or bad we interpret what we want to interpret as good and bad from our eyes I've seen and we have been in this situation. When somebody, their business is going well, they've got masha'Allah children who are growing up and getting their education and they're making a good life for themselves. And when the money is coming in and they're investing mashallah, properties are going good for them, profitable, their health is good, their looks are good, their marriage is good, their house is beautiful, the car is nice. I've heard people say, وَاللَّهِ يَمْكِنْ Allah well, بِحَبُّ لَهَا وَاللَّهِ يَمْكِنْ maybe Allah loves that person. Have you heard that before? When things go good for you, someone comes up and says, Allah must love you. Allah must love you for preventing this or that from you. Allah must love you for giving you and blah, blah, blah. How? How did you know that Allah is loving that person or hating that person. Who told you? Did Jibreel come down and give you wahi? Where in the Quran or in the entire sunnah of our Prophet does it say that if you live in ni'mah, in comfort and provision and luxury, it means that God, Allah loves you. Or if you live in poverty and hardship and struggles, that Allah hates you. We see from the prophets and messengers, many of them who lived in both types of lives. Among them is the great two prophets who were kings and were very powerful. Prophet Sulaiman and Prophet Dawood But listen to what they said. Sulaiman says when he received the kingdom, he said, O oh people, we have been given from everything. Allah has given us the blessings of everything. Everything that a human, you and I perceive as a blessing and goodness in this world, whatever we interpret, humans interpret. Sulaiman said, we have been given the goodness of everything. Not only that, he understood the language of of, of the animals. But then he said, I know that this is a test from my Lord. And Ibtilaat. He changed my state to another state with this enormous power so that Allah can test me. Will I be grateful and thankful or will I deny and turn as if I am the one who is self sustaining myself? You know, it's not enough just to say, Thank you, Allah. I've heard some of our brothers and sisters, they say, Wallah brother, I always say thank you. Um, I'm and I kiss their forehead. This is a custom we do. I thank Allah every day. What do they thank? They say Alhamdulillah. It's a good word, but what is the meaning of Alhamdulillah? I'll tell you what the meaning of Alhamdulillah is. Alhamdulillah, O Allah, for the past things that you didn't give me. Do we think like that when we say Alhamdulillah? the past things that you didn't give me that I missed out on because I know that oh Allah had you given it to me it would have not been better for me so I trust you Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah for the things you have given me because it only came from you and had it not been for you I wouldn't have it Alhamdulillah for the things of the future that you will give me and alhamdulillah for the things of the future that you will not give me already i'm thanking you now before it happens do we think like that people say yes i do but subhanallah allah then makes you go through a trial to see for yourself if you really meant it when you said alhamdulillah so he takes something away from you and then what happens my brothers and sisters, when comfort comes to us, this is the real test. Because when everything's going for us, we have this thing of losing sight of our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says, Wa دعانا لجنبه او قاعدا او قائما فلما كشفنا عنه الضر فلما كشفنا عنه الضر مرك ألم لم يدعنا الى ضر مسه and when we try man, when we bring down upon a human being a type of harm, they turn to us in eagerness. While they're on their sides, lying in their beds, they turn to us. They turn to us standing, in dua, in prayer, and they turn to us sitting on the floor. They turn to us in every way. And then when we release the harm away from them, he or she turns away, forgetting, as if no harm had ever befallen them. Allah says, (laughs) and this is how the state of human beings is a lot of the times they waste many opportunities and they go too far in their lost ways until it looks decorated to their eyes. They think that they're going to paradise, they're the best, they must be so good. But in actual fact, they've forgotten who they are and they've forgotten that they need Allah. Brothers and sisters, Allah says, and I finish it with these few words, Patience, that really counts, after Qadr, the higher forms, is being patient by stopping yourself from doing sins and harm. How do you know you're patient? When you can restrain yourself from following your desires in the wrong way. Harming people backbiting people, gossiping about people, cheating against people, taking their rights, justifying your wrong, following your desire, the bad desires, being sinful and thinking that you're still okay. When you're sinful, not repenting, not returning, not saying Astaghfirullah and meaning it. Brothers and sisters, being patient against sin doesn't mean that you never sin. The Prophet peace be upon him, said in a Sahih Hadith, that if Allah, that if people went to sin and repent, Allah would have perished us and created a people who will sin and repent. That's not the thing. I don't want people going around thinking, man, it's so hard to be a Muslim because you can't do anything. No, 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 no. It's when you do mistakes, you return and fix. These are the people Allah loves. These are the people who are patient. The people who are not patient are the ones who also, other than just trying to wrestle themselves against sins, they are the people who say they give up on themselves. And they say, man, I've done too many sins. There's no hope for me. You are not patient, you stop making dua, you stop calling to Allah, you stop turning to Allah. Allah says to His angels, look at my servant, they've sinned and done mistakes, and they've turned to me and know that there is a God that forgives. Oh my my angels, bear witness that I have forgiven them. These are the people Allah looks for, this is patience. Patience is when we give up on ourselves and we think we're doomed. So that's another form of patience to continue, not give up from Allah do not give up from the mercy of Allah إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جميع. Allah forgives all sins هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ verily Allah is the most forgiving, the most merciful so being patient by wrestling yourself against sins and being patient that when you do fall in sins you're quick to repent to Allah ﷻ, and you don't give up on His mercy and forgiveness and now lastly I bring you to the highest form of patience We said patience against Qadr, patience by wrestling yourself to stop yourself from sin and if you fall into sin you repent and not give up. And the highest form of patience is to continue and not give up doing the acts of worship which Allah told you to do. And doing acts of goodness which brings you close to Allah. That is the highest form of patience and the one that requires the strongest resilience you wake up for fajr and your sleep tells you go to sleep oh for some people how hard it is to beat that five seconds it's really just five seconds or ten seconds huh some brothers and sisters they say to me especially the young ones how do i get up for fajr man the answer is by making yourself get up for fajr there's no secret magic that comes down what do you have a problem with waking up Are you you handicapped? Are you paralyzed? Brothers and sisters, Wallahi, I get so amazed by really old people, old grandmothers, old great-grandfathers and great-grandmothers. How strong are they compared to young people when they get up? You know what, brothers and sisters, I'll give you a strategy. Make yourself count up to five and say, I'll be up before the count of five. And watch how easy it is. What are you losing out on? It's just a little bit of uh, tiredness, a little bit of laziness. That's all it is. Some of us, we struggle and we strive to build muscles and to get fit and to get that beautiful physique. And we are so resilient. But what about our soul? Doesn't it need exercise? Allah says, fa inni To encourage us, He says, if my servants ask you about me, I am close. I've always been close. Ujibu I will always respond to the person who calls upon me. li? Let them come closer to me. Them to me. Let them respond to me. Let them respond to my call as I respond to their call. Let them secure in their heart a trust and a security in me. Let them think well of me. Let them trust in me. Why do you think of Allah the wrong way? In the hope that this will lead them to happiness, success in this world and in the next and they find their way. Brothers and sisters to strive in keeping our worship and good deeds is the pinnacle of patience. To strive while we are comfort comfortable and we leave our comfort to worship Allah or for someone who comes to you for help you go to them. You know brothers and sisters it is so hard to be patient when everything is going for you. You know why? For example Let's say someone never calls you and then at the time of need they call you. Uh, The shaitan comes to our mind and says what? Look at this person, he goes or she goes and contacts everybody and calls all the friends and never calls me and now when they need me they come to me. I'm not going to help them when they need me. Only when they need me. Two years they've never come, now they contact me. Brothers and sisters. Did you not know that this is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you? Don't you know that this Allah has chosen you? Think about it this way. When all darkness is around this person, the only light they see is you. Allah drove this person to you. Obviously within your ability, don't overdo yourself. If you can't help them, guide them to someone else. But don't sit there saying, why, why, why? And then you develop... This is the type of person who is in comfort. You know, you're at ease, you don't need anybody, someone needs you. And this is where we're tested. What happens now to your worship and good deeds? This is the patience Allah is talking about. Are you going to obey your desire and make yourself all about yourself and the world revolves around yourself? Or are you going to sit there looking that Allah has given you an opportunity to help someone else? Your parents, now in this pandemic and lockdown, have you learned how valuable they are? How many of us have looked at them in a bad way? How many of us are being critical of what they say? You know, sometimes our parents say something and we're quick to, to criticize them. Here we go again, the old cheese is saying this or that. A'udhu Billah. Were they like that when they gave birth to you? Of course, some parents are hard to get along with, but that's where the patience is patience is to work past your ugly feelings, to work past the arrogant feelings, to work past the the, the negative feelings. Yes, I know some people are abusive, parents can be abusive, children can be abusive, friends can be abusive. A believer sees through all of that and finds a way out. You know, my brother, I have a, uh, not my brother, the only brother in Islam, once said to me, how do, I, how do I work past my parents' ugly approach? I say, learn which approach will work with them. See what they want. It's not always your way or the highway. You know, for example, if you go out, and I happen to say this, if you go out and your parents put a, restra- a restraining thing on you, then call them. Tell them where you are. Give them what they need to know. Sometimes they need to just feel that you are responsible. And of course the parents as well have to be patient with their children. Patience doesn't mean that you let them sleep in and do whatever they want, no. Patience means putting rules that benefit them and making sure that they are able to be responsible, not just giving them everything they want. That's also patience and worshipping Allah. Brothers and sisters, you see the pinnacle of patience therefore is worshipping Allah and being consistent with it. And consistency doesn't have to be lots of things. They can be small things but they're consistent. As Rasulullah said, Allah looks at what actions are more consistent than looking at how many actions you've done once and then you leave them alone. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us this form of patience. And my brothers and sisters, lastly I say this, this life that we're living in, no matter how many struggles we go through, at the end of the day, Wallahi, 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 it's just a dream. This life is a khayal. It is an imagination. And to support this, Allah said in Surah Al-Mu'minoon that on a day of judgment, when everyone is resurrected from their graves, what's the first thing they ask each other? What's the first thing you would ask other than where I am now? Huh? <laughs> who brought us out from our slumber, our sleep, meaning their death. And then they ask another question. How long were we in our graves? How long were we on earth? You know, they don't count how long did we live. <laughs> you go to a cemetery and you find that people have spent time under the earth more than over the earth. So what do they ask about? قَالُوا <laughs> كَمْ Say, so how long were we in the earth? For how many years? They will say, we stayed a day or part of a day. And then they said, ask those who are good calculators, and then the good calculators say, "Qala إِلَّا بِثْتُمْ إِلَّا The righteous people on that day say, you only stayed but a little bit. لَوْ أَنَّكُمْ kuntum ta'lamun. If only you had known beforehand when you were living on this earth that this life will feel like a day or part of a day. People have stayed in their grave for thousands of years. They will say, we were dead for a day or part of the day. They don't even notice the time passing, like a person who is asleep almost. So my brothers and sisters, life is but an hour, so make it worship, and be patient as much as you can. Hold yourself together. And strive to do good, even through no matter how much the hardships are. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you and us. May Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala bring about the best through this pandemic, through this trial of ours. And I ask Allah that we come out better people after this.